0: Welcome to the NRL Fantasy Podcast brought to you by Yui. I'm your host Haley Burns and joining me this week and we hope all season long is expert Chris Kennedy, former Origin player and resident fantasy enthusiast Steve Turner. And uh, to my left, Dom Brock. We're going to call you the guru today, I think, Dom. Okay. How do you take feel it. about that? Uh, this is the, our second podcast for the year. And today we are going to do something that we're going to be doing in the next few weeks, and that's breaking down our player fantasy positionally. Uh, so today we're going to start off with the most exciting, perhaps, part of uh, playing fantasy, and that's the back line. So first up, I'm going to throw it to you, CK. Uh, Centre wise, who for you? as your go-to guy number one.
1: Well, yeah, we've got our, a list of most pick centres and top of the list is a guy that I talked about actually a little bit last week who's definitely in my team, uh, assuming he, he holds his spot in the Tigers lineup for round one, and that's Tane Milne. Um, as we touched on uh, in the previous episode, he had a fantastic World Cup for Fiji, a whole bunch of tri-assists, um, really good attacking player, and he's not too bad defensively either. Doesn't miss too many tackles. Um, talked a little bit about the Tigers' lineup. They've lost Moses Sooly. They don't have a lot of standout centres, so I think his spot's probably looking pretty good if he uh, if he goes okay through the next few trials. Only 228k, which is very close to min price, given that he uh, he got very limited minutes off the bench at the Dragons uh, last season. So he's uh, he's someone who's found his way into a huge number of teams for, for those reasons.
2: And obviously, as I think Tane, Chris, as you touched on, the opportunity now with Moses Suley not there at the Tigers. Um, a quite a good recruitment drive for the West Tigers over the off-season, but... Um, he is someone, you know, Tane Milne, that can play anywhere in the back line. But obviously, um, in fantasy, you know, he's listed in the centre position. But as he said, very cheap at the $228,000 mark. And with a, a larger salary cap this year, um, he certainly... You can see why he's very popular amongst fantasy coaches at the moment. He sits at number one as the most popular centre recruited for 2018.
3: Yeah, it's a time where people are desperate to find... You know, backline players or anyone who's guaranteed to start and mm. is very cheap. And there aren't many of them at the moment. We'll see in this list there's a few random names in there who probably won't get a run. But, um, yeah, Tani Milne looks a certainty at this stage. We'll find out a few more in the trials, hopefully. Um, some more rookies popping up. But right now, yeah, he's the safest bet.
0: Now for a cheap, likely starter at the Warriors, Peta Hiku. Uh, what do you guys make of him?
1: Yeah, he's uh, had a couple of injury troubled years. Had some shocking knee issues. Uh, really good player. He's obviously played for New Zealand. He's a Test caliber player. But his fantasy pedigree isn't amazing. He's never been a massively heavy fantasy scorer in terms of you know breaking hundreds of tackles or, or scoring twenty plus tries in a season. But I guess it's the um, the price tag that's got people interested. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
2: I think so. I think it's always the same case with the Warriors players and. Um, how they play their footy, um, yeah, you know, where Hiku is going to play, um, and it's as you say, it's just it's a bit of an unknown. But I think the price tag is what has encouraged fantasy coaches to you know, you know put Penner on their side. And as you say, he's the second most popular center at the moment, but not a great um, scorer when it comes to fantasy. But has the calibre a representative player and um, you know, going back to the Warriors going over to the Warriors sorry no, no, no doubt an opportunity for him to cement a starting spot there and um, play the footy that we've seen him play but I, th- I suppose one that you know, watch and see over the next couple of weeks through the trial period
3: yeah the good thing is he, he's still so cheap so he's 280 so he's a bit above the rookies but not by that much in the new uh, salary cap he doesn't have to score that many points to be mm. worthwhile so if he gets low 30s which he's done before he can make um, I don't know, hundred grand, hundred yeah, fifty grand, theoretically. Yeah, which is all, which is all you want for those uh, those cheap cash cows. So mm. again, like Milne, another guy who looks set to to play. We think Stephen Cony's talked him up a bit already yeah. in the preseason. So um, yeah. Safe, safe bet somewhere in, yeah, 17.
1: He's dual position both in fantasy and in real life as well. He can play center, he can play wing, he's uh, pretty versatile. What is style. this real life? <laughs> <laughs> what is, real life? It's, it's not, the second most important type of rugby league after fantasy.
0: Now, moving forward, arguably one of the best centers in the game, he's also at a new club, Dane Gagai. What are we
1: thinking here? Yeah, interesting one coming across from the Knights. He actually finished up, I think, as the best averaging centre. Um, so if you take out all the, you know, the winger fullbacks like Tedesco and so on, who averaged over 50, I think the guys were just at centre. Um, Gagai was the best at 43 last year. And that's in a Knights team where I think he only scored two tries for the whole year. Um, obviously racks up plenty of tackle busts. Um, I don't know if Souths are looking like scoring an absolute mountain of points this year. You'd have to think he's, um, he's an absolute certain starter, whether that's at centre or if he gets rotated yeah. around. He scores pretty well at winger um, as well with his okay. tackle busts oh, and his why,
0: why do you think Souths won't be scoring mountain?
1: Um, I'm just not that convinced on their recruitment drive. The interesting thing, obviously, is with Seabold coming in, if he sort of reinvigorates the attack a bit, but they don't, you know, they haven't. other than Gagai, they haven't bought a lot of um, attacking sort
2: of options yeah. in the offseason. What, what do you think of that? What do you, what do you think of that? But the, I think for Gagai, you know, he's at the 631k mark, but he is a dual position player in mm. fantasy and once again in real life, but... You spoke, Chris, two tries. I, I expect him to score more than two tries this year um, for the South Sydney Rabbitohs. The Newcastle Knights only scored 72 tries last season. But you yeah, know, for Gagai, it's his tackle breaks. He had 143 last year. He averaged six a game. And if you're going off that, that there's 18 points purely from a fantasy aspect just on tackle breaks. So 10 line breaks last year, nine try assists. Um, I think the move to the South Sydney Rabbitohs a good. The 631k price tag, but he is... Um, being the third most selected centre um, in fantasy leading into twenty eighteen. Yeah,
3: the, the dual position thing is really handy this year, especially with the smaller squad squad sizes twenty one players. You want to have, you know, good scorers in in both those um, outside back posi- positions. And I think if CKF Souths, even yeah. if Souths are as kind of I would say mediocre as they were last year, mm. that's still a step up from what the Knights were last year. So yeah. you think you'll get. More chances. He's going to be a bit of a um, you know target man and attack for the Rabbitohs. He's one of their biggest signings, if not their yeah. biggest yeah. signing. So um, yeah, he seems he seems a pretty safe bet
1: to score yeah. at least forty, maybe forty-five yeah. points a week. What's a good point if he can break six tackles a game playing for a team that came last last year? Then he exactly. can't surely go backwards for, for South this year.
0: We are throwing it back a little bit to our 2014, <laughs> where Jared Hayne once averaged 62 across the season. He's back here. He's back at his old club. Yep. A lot of talk about Hayne at the moment. What are we thinking off the bat here?
1: Yeah, well, it's does he does he replicate what he did at the Titans last year, where he burned a lot of fantasy coaches and didn't really score too heavily. Does he? Um, he surely can't go back to his 2014 Delhi Meals form, where he was just doing everything at fullback and was, you know, one of the. The heaviest scoring fullbacks I think we've ever seen in fantasy, but I think the the coaches who picked him up at a, a relative discount are hoping that he can get somewhere in between the two, and if he does that, then he can um, he can make some cash. On, the,
0: on that, sorry, you just like almost you know questioning whether he can you know be mm. that deli second deli and dalliant, middlest, middlest. again. What what is top of your head? What is making you think that thus far?
1: Well, I mean he's not he's not the guy. Any more than he was in 2014 when the Eels were not so strong across the board and they kind of, you know, get it to Jared was, you know, the plan A and plan B and plan C. Um, They've now got, you know, Bevan French and Clint Gufferson there who were probably the first two choice fullbacks. So he's looking at playing centre where he's not going to get the same metres and the same busts and the same sort of creative involvement that he got at fullback.
3: It's easy easy to forget how good he was. was mm -hmm. only three years ago, four years ago. But uh, he was, I think he was the first... Full back, probably first backline player to be the most expensive player in yeah. the whole of fantasy at one point. Yeah. yeah, just he was just amazing and scoring 50 meter tries most weeks and um, doing everything. So he's you can't even really think of him like that anymore. His break yeah. evens down at 31, so he, you really want him scoring high 30s or 40. If you can score 40 points a game, then he's great value. Mm. Um, it's still a big if playing in the centres, but I think
2: and I think with Jared, it's um, I think it's up. Um, up in the air, man, Where does he play? Wing, centre, fullback? Obviously, yeah. as you touched on, CK with Bevan French and Clint Gutherson. Yeah, but one man that's not at Parramatta this year in 2018 who was a fantasy dream and scored points at will was Semi Radradra. Yeah, mm-hmm. you know, and a lot of people would have selected Semi in their side. But you know, Jared Hayne potentially could be the next Semi Radradra at the Parramatta Eels, playing on the wing. He's a game breaker. Yeah, you know, we can we've seen what Jared's able to do, and I think as you said, um, CK, the reduced. Price there for Jared has obviously enticed um, fantasy coaches to put him in their side at the 448k mark. So I suppose we wait and see leading into the season where Jared does play, but he's certainly someone, as you touched on too, Dom, that can produce astronomical um, fantasy points um, if he's on. But um, I think everyone's wanting to see that form of 2014. We can only hope 2018 we can see that, but um, he is an interesting character, Jared. He is, he is. <laughs> I, you know, I asked that
0: because, you know, mm. He, it was only a few months not a few months ago but 7-8 months ago he was in a, you know in the blue squad like we know mm, that yeah. he, he can get to that caliber but yeah who, who knows what's going to happen at the Eels? Uh, moving across to a team pretty close to this office the Roosters Latrell Mitchell what are we thinking there guys
1: yeah, I'm not quite sure why he's in the top five most picked players, I think. Didn't uh, you write this? <laughs> yeah, I didn't choose his in the list, though. Yeah. Um, he's not in my team currently. I think he does have a lot of upside, so he got what, four scores over 50 last year. He was... He, 88 tackle bus for the year, which is the most of the Roosters, but a long way behind your Tedesco's and, and Gagai's across a, an entire season. Um, had a bit of a slow start to the year and then kind of came good. I think his defence improved a bit as well. He's sort of settling into that centre role. Um, I'm not seeing an enormous upside for him, but I guess the, the hope is that he won't... I think he had four scores below 20 last year as well, so the hope is that he'll erase those, so his bad games he's are yeah. hopefully He's quite so. a high price there. Yeah. Yeah, yeah he's one
3: of the the more expensive centers. I actually quite like him as a buyer this year. Um, mm. He's still young, so he's, he's actually improving as a play, you know fantasy side, improving yeah, I mean, as a player. So he's going to be more get more consistent eventually. You would hope um, at his best, you know, he, he can score a lot of tries, he can break a lot of tackles. He's in a fantastic Roosters backline now that's yeah. just gotten a lot better than they were last year. And the other thing I really like about him is the Roosters' um, schedule at the start of the season. They've got one of the easiest draws in the first couple of months. I think the first, I've got them here, Uh, their first uh, seven or eight weeks, they got Tigers, Bulldogs, Knights, Warriors, Um, all teams that missed the eight to start the season. Hmm. Then the Sharks, who played finals, and then Rabbitohs, Bulldogs again, and dragons who missed the eight. So mm. you know, that could be seven or eight. And then side I that
2: think that travels the less this year out of all six. Yeah, travel they've only got four plane trips all year. No five actually, day turnarounds. No so.
1: five day turnarounds. And
3: <laughs> of the nine clubs they play twice, only two of them made the eight last year. Five, yeah. So you know, he's a, play, a player who'll be up or down during the season, but that schedule suggests he could be up, you know, mm. in the first month or two. So yeah. that's where you And going. I think
2: that as you say, the inconsistent his fantasy scores comes with being a young kid. Yeah. Um, and learning mm-hmm. the ropes of week to week NRL football. But as you touched on, Dom, the back line with you know, the cronk factor, yeah. the Tedesco factor, and we touched on it last week, CK, with Hayley. The unknown about the Roosters how will they play? Will their attack change from last year? How much of an influence will cronk be? And when you look at those sort of players, you know, we're going to touch on um, the fullbacks later, but you know, is James Tedesco some of that will take fantasy points from Latrell Mitchell or can mm. Latrell take points away from yeah. James Tedesco? Do do so, so much at the Titans you know, he's got a lot of help
0: around him. Um, rookie, he was unlikely to play moving forward. Uh, a rookie on our list who was unlikely to play much, but still a pretty cheap buy. Renoff. Uh, Renoff
2: right? Renof to a He's at 212000 <laughs> Obviously, he been very popular with fantasy coaches. He's number six at the moment. Do you know um, why
3: that is? <laughs> Any ideas? I have no <laughs> idea. <because laughs> I touched on it last
2: week, and we spoke about... Um, Get potential opportunity. Player. We spoke that um, Raymond Faitala Mariner will yeah. probably start for the Bulldogs and he is this week yeah. in the back row of Josh Jackson. So, Where does
1: Renoff play in an actual footy team usually? Is um, when he plays is he in, in the row? interest super
2: premiership for the Bulldogs, he plays in the second row, so yeah. a back rower. So, so, that's why. Th- maybe that's why because he's a dual position, obviously listed, but yeah, v- mm. highly unlikely, in my opinion, to play for yeah. the Bulldogs yeah, this so. year. But the $212,000 mark um, yeah. is obviously um, a catch, you know, Certainly there for fantasy coaches. Yeah. I think the
3: nice way to put it is players are picking these guys as kind of placeholders until they see yeah. which rookies actually pop up. Yeah. Um, they've seen his dual position, which, you know, in fantasy terms usually means a lot of points if someone's actually a back rower and available at centre. But if he's not playing, he's not going to score many points. No, so, exactly. Yeah, so uh, yeah. I, I think that might change. Between now and the start
2: of the season, definitely. The, Especially the with the, the trials over the next couple of weeks, exactly. so everyone will get an idea of where their teams are at. But yeah, yeah like it's very popular at the moment, Haley. But I doubt whether um, we'll see him um, start the season for the Bulldogs. Okay.
0: Uh, Jermaine Osako, uh cheap potential starter of the Broncos. What do you guys mm. know much about him?
2: Well,
1: he's a rookie who probably will play round one because the Broncos, uh, it's been reported, Corey Oates is trying to migrate into the back row. Um, they've got Jack Bird almost certainly missing from the centres um, at the start of the season, so a little bit thin in the outside backs. Um, Jermaine Osako is a guy who played a little bit last year, um, but apparently doing well in the preseason, likely to start, I would say, on the wing for round one. Um, whether he's going to be a, a tackle-busting sensation over 40 points a game or just average in the 20s and strike together a few dollars is uh, another question. What, but
0: what is the ETA on uh, Jack Bird's uh, injury? Mm-hmm. Early
1: impact? season, I think. So if he doesn't play round one, I yeah, think he'll be two back or three. Some, one. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. the thing with Jermaine,
2: he, he played in that trial last week for the Broncos against um, the Capras, played in the fullback position, named once again in the fullback position this week with obviously yep. um, Darius Boyd not playing and you know, coming through the under-20 system, he played in the 5.8 position. So... He's obviously provides a bit of utility for the Broncos, and yeah, the two twenty eight price is certainly a grab there, and yeah, someone that you do want to throw into your side, as CK said, more than likely looking to push for a starting position in round one. Is the risk
3: there? Well, two risks: if Jack Bird comes back round two or three, and then they Mm -hmm. reshuffle to make and if Oates doesn't work out, and then if Oates doesn't work out, yeah, I mean, Corey Oates has played Origin on the wing, Mm -hmm. that it obviously rates him as a winger. if they struggles early on, you could they could easily move him back and then Osarko could be gone for the rest of the year. So there's a bit of a risk there mm-hmm. giving one of your twenty ones, you know man squad yeah. spots to, um, to him but you know he's so cheap
1: he's got good to yeah. play like you say the biggest risk is that you'll have to trade him out the biggest risk isn't that he's going to lose money sure. because he's already at bargain basement price yeah.
0: someone else on our list who comes in at number eight reliable keeper in previous years but coming off his worst season since 2018 is Jared Croker guys what do we make of him sitting at number
1: 8 yeah he had a a down season last year Um, probably a combination of factors the Raiders obviously didn't go too well so he didn't get as many goals as he might in uh, or certainly did the the year before when they finished second Um, not as many tries they've sort of been focusing a bit more on that right edge of Leilua and Rapana in recent seasons um, which I don't think helps him so a combination of factors there he can potentially get back to his best if he does he's looking at a 5 to 7 point boost on last year's average which makes him a, a cut price keeper but um, if he doesn't go up, then he's probably not averaging high enough to be worth starting with. I think he's. I think he's
2: very reliable, Jaron. Obviously, Mike, he scored over a hundred tries. You know, goal kicking sensation. But the, I think the big thing for the Raiders this year is not having Josh Hodgson to start the season, yeah, obviously yeah. with the, the ACL injury he suffered in the World Cup. Um, you know, a lot of their attack comes off the back of them and there's been a lot of questions asked over the summer about Blake Austin, Aiden Caesar. Obviously, the thing with Aiden Caesar is his future. Where's that? at? Where's his head going to be at? So, yeah, look, obviously at 553, uh, number eight, Jared, but, you know, the goal kicking is obviously a factor and he just he seems to score points. But one thing I, I find with um, Jared, um, I know... You, you done a piece on this early in the, over the summer too, CK. Is the defensive centers in our game? he mm. does leak a lot of try causes though.
1: He does miss some tackles, which sort of mounts up his uh, his demerit points, which isn't great for fantasy coaches. Yeah, he's improved a
3: bit on that in the last few yeah. years. Like in his younger days, he was really seen as a um, a bit of a liability. Um, yeah, the Raiders are, are tough because they kind of yo-yo up and down mm. one season to the next. How they yeah. go and you know, two years ago they came second. Everyone was talking them up as a. Top four team, and then they, you know, bounced out of the final, out of the top eight last year. Um, this year, it, yeah, as you say, with no Hodgson, it is hard to see them improving on yeah. last year. They haven't got any huge buys, do they? So no, um, no they're all, you know, dead guys, um, really. yeah. So he's certainly capable of scoring forty points a week. He's he's underpriced if he does that, but there's no obvious reason why he and the Raiders are going to be much better than they were last year. Yep.
0: Encouraging words. <laughs> Encouraging words for Raiders we are being honest,
2: Hayley. <laughs> no, it's good. That's
0: why we're here. Uh, number nine on our centres list, Dean Farré, uh, cheap starter at Panthers. Panthers, obviously, going to be a good... We're mm. expecting them to be a great team this season. What do we make of him at this price at uh, 280 well, I think the dual game. position
2: um, for Dean Farré works in his favour, being, as you say, Haley, 287 um, a lot of talk about um, the Panthers, and um, I suppose in some ways and underachieving last year. They set the standards mm-hmm. a couple of years ago, and um, they were everyone's favourite going into last season. But um, with you know James Maloney coming across to the club, yeah. But I think I think the big thing for Dean is this: the fact that dual position player at 287 is yeah. certainly um, why fantasy coaches have put him in their side.
1: I find him very similar to hiku who was his mm. teammate at Penrith last year they're a similar price point they're both dual position they're both fantastic test quality players who've never been massive sort of fantasy scorers in the past i guess both of them potentially a bit of upside but probably not going to be a keeper in your side um yeah. past you know mid-season they're both really
3: popular but i imagine a lot of people are picking them in their reserves as that yeah. dual position cover yeah. for both outside back spots so yeah you can see why they're doing that um Yeah, you know, fingers crossed he he gets some points this year.
0: Coming in at number 10 on the list, uh, Brad Arthur, I mentioned him as uh, potentially being in the frame for a wing spot with the Eels, is George Jennings.
1: Yeah, they've got quite a few outside backs, the Eels, and Brad Arthur rattled off, uh, who was it, George Jennings, Josh Hoffman, Kurosami Alvarez, all these candidates for that. Um, bacon wing spot, George Jennings being min-prices, obviously found his way into a few fantasy teams. I'd be surprised if he was at the top of the pecking order. They've also got Greg out, the rookie, um, we're going to talk about a bit more later. Um, so there's a lot of guys vying for those spots, so he might be a little bit in the Tumunga category. I think there's
2: that that area there alone, especially in the outside backs for the Eels, that's where they're very strong this year. Obviously, yeah. chucking Hayne into the mix, um, Gutherson coming back from the knee injury, you know, mm-hmm. Bevan French, um, you know, Josh Hoffman obviously coming back, and he's still got you got Michael Jennings, you've got um, Brad Takarangi who played in the centres last year. So mm-hmm. I think their stocks in the outside backs are quite strong and... I think George Jennings, as you say, CK, may find it hard to get an opportunity to play. But someone, on a, as Dom you know, keeps touching on, you know, to carry in your reserves bench because you know a couple injuries. Um, and they're the, they're the sort of players that you need within your squad.
0: Let's move on to some fun stuff. Exciting positions, wingers, fullbacks. Obviously, there's a bit of a crossover there when it comes to centres. But number one on the list so far is sensation, Kalen Ponga.
1: Yeah, he um he wasn't in my original team when I first drafted it up. And the longer the preseason has gone on, the more and more bullish I've got on... Uh,
0: why? I'm going to ask you why.
1: For, for several reasons. So the, the first one was the trial game against the Storm, which obviously I know it's only a trial, blah, blah, blah. But um, one thing that it did reveal is that he's probably the first choice goal kicker. Um, they don't have a lot of other standout candidates for the goal kicking, and it sounds like he's going to have um, that responsibility this year, which is another four to six points a game um, on top of his fantasy total. He's available at a discount from his average last year by virtue of having played uh, below ten games, and he's also uh, he finished the season off with an injury affected minus four on the wing um, when he had that shoulder injury in that Cowboys game where he was pretty much a passenger, which also has dented his starting price. So only five fifty two k. It's a lot. Um, For a teenager But given his um, His form that he showed At the Cowboys um, I know they made The grand final last year And the Knights Are in a rebuilding phase But if he can go Anywhere close to that form Even just maintaining that He's going to go up In price and be a keeper So I think the The upside for Callum Ponga is enormous
2: Well he's been the talk Of the summer really Hasn't he About Mm. um, him coming to The Newcastle Knights And I suppose It was the beginning Of their recruitment drive Over the summer And obviously That trial last weekend But you add in uh, last week you add in the likes of Connor Watson Mitchell Pearce Tao um, Tau Monger um, you know Aidan Guerra coming into the fold um, and you bring those people into the into that squad They those those collectively scored 28 tries last year between them you bring that to the Newcastle Knights and that takes them as I said before they only scored 72 tries last year that takes them to 100 tries if those players score those tries more opportunity for Kalen to kick goals the 552k um, mark is quite a good price I think for for a young kid who's, you know, not played that many first grade games, has enormous potential, Calen um, to be a superstar in our game. But, um, you yeah, know, the talk over the summer has been the Knights and the way they're going to attack and a new look spine. You'd have to think yeah. the Newcastle Knights are going to score more points. Caelan um, mm-hmm. Palmer's is going to play regular. Mm-hmm. Football at the back, and you know I think it's onwards and upwards for Palmer and fantasy Absolutely. coaches.
0: Yeah, yeah. alone. Yeah, he
3: and he is the, the right kind of fullback you want—the kind yeah. of player that does well in fantasy. He breaks yeah. tackles. He's really quick, uh, scores tries, and, and everything. But the tackle breaking is the main thing. So I think, mm. you know, Ben Barber back in his M days, and uh, James Tedesco—we'll talk about in a moment—those kind of um, dynamic players do great in fantasy. Kicking goals helps. Um, there's a few question marks about, you know, how he'll do this year compared with last year being a a backup player at a really good team in the Cowboys Mm. um this year he's a star everyone knows he's a star teams will play against the Knights knowing if we can shut down Ponga that's a big going a long way towards beating Newcastle so it's a lot more pressure um but yeah he's not he's not that expensive for someone who can score 45 maybe 50 points a game yeah um so yeah he's in my team I can see why he's popular.
1: Well, his break-even's 38, and you have to think he's going to average more than that, so it's yeah. upside only for, for Pomer.
3: Okay.
0: Now, over to one of the most expensive fullbacks of the game, James Tedesco, 761k. He only scored five tries in 2017, but that's because he was obviously doing everything else and so much more. <laughs> Here we go, it's the same conversation. Here he is now with the Roosters. I think he had more disallowed tries. On yeah. the- <laughs> oh, <no. laughs> He st- lost a up. few at um, the, uh, the bunker. But yeah, uh It's, you know, like we say, there's a lot more people on that team that are going to be having the ball. What are we thinking with Teddy 2018? Mm.
1: Well, the narrative around Tedesco is that at the Tigers who struggled, he broke eight tackles a game, which is a a 24-point-a-game head start. He only got five tries all year, which is surely going to go up at the Roosters, so he's going to get even better and even more expensive. The potential counter-argument to that is he was such a go-to guy at the Tigers because he was so important to them. Or is at the Roosters they've got all these other strikes so he won't be quite so critical maybe he doesn't get as much involvement but just the type of player he is and how consistently he just busts through tackles being a fullback he's going to be on the ball all game he's going to get all those kick returns he's going to be shifting into both sides of the attack when they're um, in the attacking 20 um, it's really hard to see him going backwards and if he can improve on those five tries he also lost quite a few tries yes, for different reasons um, last season so I can see him actually getting better again this year these are the kind of stats
3: you notice when he's in-
1: your team (laughs)
2: well with an average of 52 fantasy points per game last year as you say ck if you can only see him getting better um those fantasy points are certainly going to go up but yeah the 172 tackle breaks in a season with eight Mm. an average of eight per game that's that's enormous and if that can get better um, yeah, those points alone um, are only going to climb purely off the back of tackle break yeah. So, and as we've said in yeah last week's podcast and this week, the unknown about the Roosters, how will they play with their attack change? Obviously, as you say, CK, so many more class players and not so reliant on Teddy to be the man all the time. I don't know,
0: but it is a shame. Obviously, Bruce's first trial game this Saturday, we're not going to see Kronk or or Tedesco running out, unfortunately. Keeping them on ice. Keeping them (laughs) roughed up the
3: cotton wall. Yeah, I think he'll he'll do better this year than he did last year. Um, You know, he was obviously the go-to man at the Tigers, but he's still going to be one of the two or three top go-to men at the Roosters. You know, Kronk's going to... run the plays, but Tedesco's the the, other, the main star, really. Mm. Um, and th- if you think back, I'm thinking um, two of us at Shek, the, the year mm. he played fullback at the Roosters, mm. when he went from the wing to fullback, and suddenly was this amazing yeah. um, meter-eating machine, got 200 meters a game. Uh, and he hasn't quite been able to do that at the Warriors. It's probably a reverse situation here, you know. Yep. Tedesco coming from one of the weaker teams, going to a dominant team. Um, you know, the Roosters will be trapping opponents in their own half a lot, so he'll have lots of kick returns from his own half. I think he's going to have a lot of chances to rack up the points.
0: Yeah, early days, we shall see. But uh former gun, he is back. Greg Inglis. He may mm. not be starting the season, <laughs> but he's going to be out on the field there for South Sydney. Re-
1: yeah, really interesting mm. one. Um, it, all through the preseason, it was he's back in form. He's fully fit. He's going to be playing fullback. He's priced at thirty-four break-even. He's going to go up at fullback, even if he doesn't recapture the twenty, you know, thirteen, fourteen type fantasy scoring now it sounds like he's racing the clock to start the season he was going to be playing charity shield now maybe he's not is he going to play round one he's sort of a bit up in the air about it is he going to start at fullback or is he going to have a few games at center to ease his way back in is he going to stay at center all season um, a lot of question marks now so a guy who was definitely in my team a couple of weeks ago yeah. and now considering not starting with at all
2: yeah. I think the thing with Gi is, as you say, whether it will be whether he will start at one or mm-hmm. will he play in the centres. Um, I heard Anthony Seabold speak uh, during the week and said that Gi has spent a little bit of time at the um, training at centre over the summer, and Alex Johnson's been um, training in the number one position. So uh, yeah, obviously Gi is not playing this week in their their trial against uh, against Wigan, um, but he um, you know, he's someone that can like if you go back to the twenty fourteen season when the the bunnies won the premiership, you know. It can be a tackle break machine. Um, he can provide um, tries. He can um, line breaks. Um, he is a player with enormous um, yeah. He's a freak, but um, can he get back to that form yeah. off and the back I, of an ACL? We wait and see. And I
0: guess that's what's, what's interesting is that, you know, he hasn't played for so long, but people, they just, they want him on the list so far, even without us seeing mm-hmm. anything yeah. often. I, I wonder if, it's, so probably it's probably like, G- like Haynes, you really, you know, the they the, know what they can deliver. They yeah, know what me they can personally, provide. someone come, coming back from injury, I'd, I'd, I'd want to be well, on someone a little bit more reliant, perhaps. Well, then.
3: The same thing happened last year with Billy Slater. A lot of people were really... Mm-hmm. really uh, concerned about whether he could get back to what he was, and he did. Like in fantasy, he was as good as ever. In maybe, maybe yeah, his best average, he could have been his best. Yeah, well, so, which I did not see coming at yeah.
0: all. Right. On that though, just just to interject, he's not even he's nowhere to be seen on <laughs> How? How <was laughs> it? But, that, but that's interesting <laughs> well, to me. Well, Why is Billy Slate his name? It's the kind of player he yeah. was, so he probably won't you know, improve. To bri- t- to yeah,
3: or? a mix of things. So he's not as good as Tedesco in fantasy, and he won't improve on last year. So he's not great value because he was really so good last season. Uh, and if you wanna spend big on someone who's gonna score 40, 50 points, just go all the way to Tedesco or get a Ponga for mm-hmm. yeah, probably better, probably cheaper. Um yeah, Inglis, as you say CK, I had him in my team a couple of weeks ago. He's dropped out now. I think Rushed if <laughs> yeah, I think if if he gets named in center, at center at centre in round one it's gonna spook a lot of yeah, people, and I think he'll drop down that list a fair bit. Yeah,
0: Tommy Turbo Gun uh, in 2017, he averaged around about 47 points. What are we thinking here?
1: Still very young, um, despite his incredible achievements in his young career to date. Um, managed an ankle injury through a fair bit of last year as well. Um, I only see upside for, for Tommy Turbo. Um, I know Manly structure-wise, having lost Blake Green for probably Lucky Croker to start, um, might take him a little bit of time to hit their straps, but. Um, if he, assuming he's fully fit and his, his ankle's good to go, which uh, by our reports it is, then I can only see him getting even better than last year. Yeah, he's my
2: fullback for me. I touched on it um, in last week's podcast um, how good he was statistically last year. You know, third most for run meters in the NRL, fourth for most runs. He had 24 line breaks, 12 tries, 95 tackle breaks. He averaged 190 meters per game. Um, we saw his mm. form over the World Cup. And um, as you said, CK is very young and he's done a lot. So early in his career, there's just upside for for Tommy and yeah for me he's he's my fullback. Yeah, yeah
3: twenty try assists in the Yeah, better than most of the halfbacks. In yeah, the yeah. I
2: think if
3: I think you try to get either Tedesco or Turbo in your team for mm-hmm. round one, if you can't quite afford Tedesco, then you know he's a fantastic backup option. Yeah.
0: Number 10 on our list, Tommy Hughes, uh, Rookies night. someone who may not play as much, but what do you guys know about him? Ah, uh,
1: nothing really. Because, uh, <laughs> uh, a, uh, Chris Kennedy, <laughs> alleged expert alleged when expert. it suits. Um, no, I think a little bit like Randolph Tumunga, he's there as a, a placeholder, I haven't heard any noise that he's in a frame for a round one spot, they've got a lot of outside backs now, even though their centre stocks are a little bit skinny, they've still got some um, you know, Sione and Tau Tau to start and then... Um, quite a few wingers to choose from. So, whether he's, I don't know how far down the pecking order he is, but I think the fact that he's 212k is the reason that he's in a lot of teams at the moment. But I suppose
2: there's a few other players of interest, Hayley, too. And one for me is Richie Kenner at the South Sydney Rotos. He's at 228,000, um, a dual player position, um, wing fullback in, and in the centre position. But he came across to the Bunnies uh, from the Canterbury Bulldogs. Um, by all reports coming out of Redfern, he's had a huge. Preseason, um, He starts on the wing this week for the Rabbitohs in their trial. And I think he's a real chance to play round one. When you look at their back five this week, they've got Alex Johnson, Richie Kenner, Heimel Hunt, Robert Jennings and Campbell Graham. And then you bring G.I. and Gagai back into that back five. There's obviously going to be a couple of players to miss out. But um, he's worked with the coach, Anthony Seibold before at the Melbourne Storm. Um, and I think, yeah, I think, um, you yeah, know, speaking to some of those players... Um, there's big upside for Richie in 2018, so I think he is one to watch and one to keep a close eye on over the next couple of weeks.
0: Chris Kennedy, who's your guy?
2: I wanted
1: to talk about Greg Lallessier from the Eels because I think, um, again, a bit like George Jennings, he's not necessarily in front of guys like Hoffman and Alva but uh, he's an absolute tackle-busting freak down in the 20s where he was uh, Parramatta's Player of the Year. Last season, he's got big wraps on him. Um, I can definitely see him playing NRL this year. Whether it's going to be round one, probably not, but he's absolutely one to keep an eye on because I think he's going to have some massive fantasy output when he gets his chance.
3: Yeah, um, I'm looking at a couple of guys. I don't know if they're in my team at the moment or not, but um, a couple of Dragons. Um, I think they're going to be one of the improvers this year. Ben Hunt's a great buy. Um, James Graham as well. yeah, so um, you and Aitken in the centres, who CKU had a chat oh, to I recently. did you have a chat to Ewan recently. We did this. I <laughs> believe there's a
0: nice package <laughs> <laughs> right, on nrl.com. The there you go. Check it out.
3: So, um, yeah, he's got a bit of improvement in him. He's been a, a bit of a gun in the past. Um, can break a lot of tackles. Um, pretty good defensively as well. And Matt Dufty at fullbacks, another one. Didn't play that many games last year. Mm-hmm. Had one huge game. I think his first game he got 80 or 84 or something. So... Yeah. He's obviously
0: ready to own that fullback position. Exactly,
3: exactly. So you know, he's really quick. Um, hasn't been consistent yet, but he's only had you know half, yeah. a quarter of a season in the NRL. So uh, yeah, those two guys—not crazy expensive, but both potential keepers in those tricky outside back positions.
2: It's also inter- interesting to note, um, Hayley and Boys, that out of the top ten in both the centers and wing fullbacks, there's no one from the Melbourne Storm, but...
0: Oh, I see. There is a player of interest, you know, obviously
2: (laughs) Curtis Scott. When you think of Vudavalu and Adokar, Chambers, Slater, um, you wonder why they're not in the top 10. But obviously, um, CK Curtis Scott's another player of interest for um, fantasy coaches.
1: Well, yeah, he's the most expensive player that we haven't spoken about yet today. He's, um, what's he 608K, exploded out of the blocks last year. He's averaging just, I think, 10 or 15 points better than the next best centre for his first few games before... Obviously, things have inevitably had to level out a little bit, but he's a really, really good player. Um, Just recently been extended for a couple of years on a big deal. Um, Probably got a a rep future ahead of him. Really, really good player. Um, Can rack up some tries and some line breaks and some busts when he gets going. So he's a little bit like a a Dane Gagai, only not quite as much, I'd say. He's going to average a lot, but he also costs a lot
2: already
0: there's quite a funny point you make though you know the grand finalists last year we're not seeing many of those uh, Cowboys or Storm players throughout these lists no
2: especially when you think of the seasons Adokar and Vrudevalu you know both had like they scored some of the best tries we've seen um, over the last few years and um, to think as you know we touched on Billy Slater you know Will Chambers arguably um the best defensive center in the competition, but um, you know, still doesn't feature in the top ten. So um, they're certainly players to watch because I think it's just their price value that comes with those sort yeah. of players.
1: I think they're a great example too. If you're not that plugged into fantasy, look at the Melbourne Storm and all the tries these guys get, and go, "Wow, they're great players. They're not even that expensive. I'll mm-hmm. get him in my team." But if you look at their performances. The games where they weren't scoring two, three, and four tries, they're actually really quiet because they don't do that kind of, you know, that Josh Mansour, even Nick Kotrick last year, that tackle busting yardage yeah, sort of runs where you rack up all it's those try, points. tries or nothing for those wingers. Exactly right, yeah.
0: Well, that was a wonderful uh, second week podcast. We went through the back line. We've got trials happening this weekend, so next week we will definitely talk a lot more footy. Uh, joining me today again was Chris Kennedy, Steve Turner, Don Brock. I was your host, Haley. This is an NRL fantasy podcast brought to you by Yui. Uh, listen again next week. Thanks, guys.